Welcome to the Blackcast. It is I, Christian Blatt, on Twitter at ChristianDMZ, joined again here in the home of Agent Starling by Agent Starling himself on Twitter at WillSterling underscore. Will Sterling, welcome back to the Blackcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. Uh, it's, uh, it's It'd be weird if you said joined in the home of Will Sterling by someone else. By hashtag Dave the Dog. Dave the Dog, tell us how things are going. How is Agent Sterling as a master? The master. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So uh, we're here. Yeah. Get used to it. But uh, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about. But uh, one of the things that we need to fill people in on. One of the greatest stories ever told on the Blackcast involved you auditioning and getting to know the star, oh. the creator, the genesis behind the room. Yeah. Mr. Tommy Wiseau. Yes. Oh, hi, pro. Oh, hi. So, by the way, um, my friend John, his uh, new lady friend, uh, took him to see The Room as part of his birthday. He had no idea about that movie. Never heard of it. Nothing. When so, you told me that, I was like, who does that Who for their birthday yeah. takes them to see a movie they've never even heard of? His really cool new girlfriend is what that means. That's how much she knew he would like it. Yeah. She okay. knew him to know that like it's this amazingly bad movie. Do you call people- him and go, never leave this woman. Uh, I, I basically stressed that. Okay. And uh, what, uh, you know, and I, I said, like, you know, oh, my friend Will met him. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just send you a link. Listen. To and they <laughs> did. They listened to it and they thought it was amazing. And more than anything, they loved your impression of Tommy Wiseau. And yeah. Like, yeah. Will has a lot of impressions, uh, some of them very useful. Sure. You know, not that you've done impressions. You know, we've had actual people here in the studio on occasion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, some of those are not impressions. Those aren't impressions. Those are people who come to visit us. Right. But, uh, you would do impressions of people who would call into the radio show. It's not that useful, but very funny. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Miller. You know, you get those. Oh, yes. Yeah, we get those. Yeah. But, uh, a Tommy Wiseau impression is great in certain circles. Right. But it's not that useful. No, no. Yeah. That's not recognizable by, by most people. Oh, hi, doggy. Right. But, you know, that's, uh, there's just only so much you can do with that. <laughs> so funny, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> so you crossed paths with him again. And it's not an yes, epic, legendary no, story and like I, that. I on purpose made, made it so. I didn't yeah. want it to be epic. You didn't want it to be epic. You didn't want to have a sequel. I didn't want to spend 40 minutes of my time... What happened, pro? Being wasted at... Why did you not write back to my email, pro? Kamikaze. Yeah. So set the stage where you were, how you ended up crossing paths with him again. Go. I went to Stanley's Kamikaze on Halloween weekend in Los Angeles. Did you hate his cameo in Kamikaze because you hate all of his cameos? No. So when he made a cameo at Kamikaze? It's fine because that's his own thing. I mean, I know he created a lot of these properties, but it's called Stanley's Kamikaze. If he wasn't there... So if it was Stan Lee's Avengers, you'd be all right if he was like face front true believers. I, mean, I guess that he made up some of those characters. Right, I don't know. The movies just go out of their way to give him cameras. They do. Anyway, go ahead. So you're um, at Stan Lee's Kamikaze. And I'm walking around exploring the floor because the first day that I had there, I was only able to go Friday and Sunday. 
And so Friday, I was there for like two hours and just wandering, taking a look at the floor. Because it's a manageable con, which is great. Yeah, where, like it, where is it? Is it Long Beach? Or? No, it's in L.A. It's That's at the a, LA oh, it's at the convention center. center. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that San Diego Comic Con is crazy. It's, it's just a matter of My legs still hurt from too. walking around. Yes. At, uh, yeah. Sometimes you can't even but walk. But I've been to pushed. things at the convention center. That is definitely more manageable. Right. It's also here in town, which is easier. Yes. I would have gone, but uh, that was Halloween weekend, I yes, think. Yes, it was. I was out of town. That's right. I was not around. That's right. But anyway. So I'm cruising, and I see a booth. With a familiar fellow and a lot of stuff and the memorabilia. Booth, the booth overhead, it says, oh, hi. It's, I, think it's, I think it was like primarily the neighbors and the room. Like those are the side-by-side things. Yeah. There's a big poster for the neighbors, a really poorly done. The poster for the room, at least, like, I guess it's, it's a close-up like of his face. Poster. I thought it was a picture of Gene Simmons when I first saw it. it looks I like really it. did. It does. I was like, what's Gene up to? Oh, that's yeah. not him. But there's Tommy in his clothes. Uh, the funny thing is that in the neighbors, they have the people wearing Tommy Wiseau brand underwear. Which is AKA me underwear. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, and it's so poorly designed. So I, so I see the booth and I'm like, uh, I don't think he's going to remember me, but on the off chance that he does, I don't want to, I don't want him to see me because I don't want to have a conversation with him. Yeah. You don't want him to be, oh, hi, pro. Right. Yeah. So I kept walking and this guy who was in the cast who I'd met, who I guess, I assume. Wait, was it Mark? It was not Mark. Oh, because if it was, you know what you could have said. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, doggy. Or if it was like a dog. Wait, was it the, yeah, if, if it, it was, was a dog, and I was he, like, hey. Maybe he, oh, was, he was your dog, like your D-A-W-G. Right. You'd be like, oh, oh hi, dog. Oh, I should have. Oh, hi, doggy. I should have said that. But it was this other guy. I assumed that the neighbors was never going to go anywhere. Or even so did filmed. the world. Right. So did the world, yeah. But they shot the thing. And a lot of the people who I had met in the cast were in it. So... This guy was like, hey, man. And I was like, fuck. What's up? And like kind of politely talked to him. What's up, bro? And like within 10 seconds, like, dude, are we friends on Facebook? Add me on Facebook. And I was like, we just said like two sentences to each other and I haven't seen you in over a year. Wow, Uh, it was over a year ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So he's like, dude, do you want to say hi to Tommy? He's doing signings and stuff. And I was like, maybe later. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, I'm you coming, good? I'm, I'm going good. back Sunday, so maybe Sunday, because I got to leave soon. And I did. I had to leave. And he's like, cool. So he like gave me a schedule, and I was like, mm, no. Um, but it was just hysterical to see like all the posters for the room. And, I mean, other people, I think I would have been jazzed if I hadn't worked with him to some degree. If I'd never met him, I would be like, oh, my God. Yeah, to be fair, I, I would have so. been pretty excited. Right. Yeah. And I think people know that... We came very close to having Tommy Wiseau on yes, the black cast. I know. But the ending of the Dennis Miller show really just jacked up the whole thing. We could probably still have him We on could the probably podcast. do it now, but the Rift Tracks guys were really well, not the three guys who do Rift Tracks, but the Rift Tracks publicity guy was really yeah. trying to help us. Uh, and we could have had him in studio. It was going to it what? was going to be amazing. Yeah. And then we didn't have a studio anymore. Could you imagine if he talked to Dennis? Dennis probably would have been like, "No. What's up, Tommy?" Does he even know who no, he is? No, there's no way. Zero yeah. percent chance. Zero point zero percent chance. Yeah. Anyway, but I would have been excited to meet him. But I understand you would not have. It would have been whatever. Because he's like, he's just crazy. And it's like funny. And then when you start to work with him and like, he's not an unkind person. He's just nuts. So it's like once that goofiness of the room, because the room is like almost not a real thing. It's like a, a dream. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that's a real guy. And then you yeah. meet him. You're like, oh, how crazy. And then it's like a 45 second 
interaction. And then it's over. Working yeah. with him for like three days for like a couple hours at a time makes you want to blow your fucking brains out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that was the title of Lisa's biography. Probably, yeah. Um, I want to blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> <laughs> You're tearing me apart! You're tearing me apart! Um... And so I was like, yeah, dude, I'll come back. And fun. so we, we did come back on Sunday, but I was with a friend who wanted to get his picture taken with him. And there was like a good, I mean, it wasn't like a crazy line of people, but people were buying tons of stuff, like neighbor's jackets and footballs and, you know, because they play with fucking yeah, yeah, football. Yeah, I probably would have bought a football. Um, the poster, he was giving like, if you buy $20 worth of merchandise, you get a free room poster signed Ooh, and stuff. sweet. Which, yeah. Um, I would have bought some with wears. And so I stood right there and I took his photo with my friend. He didn't remember me. And I'm glad. But man, he looks terrible. He looks even more terrible than, than he a year did ago. A year ago. What what has he been up to? I do don't you think? know. Oh, no. It looks like you know in like movies and TV shows when people like dye their hair black and sure. they like runs. Gene Simmons, yeah, no, definitely. Like down yeah, their face. Yeah, absolutely. And it's comical, but on yeah, purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've heard tell. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that, but it was like you could see it on the scalp of his head, like the scalp part of his head was like black, and I was Ooh. like, "This is so weird." It's, just it's like how they used to have the the those like spray the back yeah, of your spray bald your spot head. like your yeah. It's yeah. real hair. Yeah. It's real. It yeah. clings to the hair, he man. Right. <laughs> it clings to the hair, he man. But he man wouldn't need I'm it because he's bald. I'm a skeleton. I'm a skeleton. He man has such luxurious hair. He would <laughs> he never need it. Skeletor, I don't need your hair product. Uh, you know, Orko could probably use it, but that's besides the point. Right. We're not talking about it. Orko. So yeah, so I, I did have an encounter with. Yeah, an encounter, it, it, but it's it, it, yeah, uh, it, it's it's not an Empire Strikes Back to your story. No, no. This is more of a Star Wars. I'm a Flash special. Gordon. You know, last this episode is, we talked about Flash Gordon. Yeah, there's really only one good one. Yeah, there's really true. only one good encounter with Tommy. Was yeah, there. and it's primarily the audition yeah. story. So th- yeah, this is your Star Wars holiday special. So you should have right. said, right. "Oh hi, happy Life Day." Yeah, I should have. Exactly. Fuck. Well, well, called him Lumpy. Oh, you should have called me a pro. Call him Lumpy. Which, speaking of the Star Wars holiday special, by the way, you know, uh, in in recent memory, there was all this fuss about the the Starbucks oh, Christmas yeah. cups. Yeah, and uh, I came up with a very simple solution. Uh, you know, they're 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 basically red with no holiday ornamentation, and the uh, I guess the argument is, oh well, you could you could add stuff to it. Uh, and then people are really upset. It's like, oh, my God, Starbucks is anti-Christmas. Well, so the first point on that, point of order, is that they do continue to sell the Starbucks Christmas blend. Correct. Not the Starbucks holiday blend. It's the same coffee. Yeah. Well, it's still. And they sell both. But it's not the you know Starbucks you know winter solstice right. blend. They haven't discontinued Christmas blend. Yeah. They still have the Christmas blend. Right. So it's – and it's not like – Santa and Frosty were on these cups. Yeah. It wasn't... It was like snowflakes. It wasn't the nativity. Right. Yeah, it was, it was just snow. So, And by the way, the cups are still red and green. That's very Christmassy. For yes, me. it is. And there was silver and gold. That would also oh, be Christmas. Silver and gold. <laughs> gold. Silver but and gold. What if they'd had Hermie on there <laughs> with his dentist kit? <laughs> so you want to drink Starbucks coffee, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it'll rot your teeth. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hermie, why are you so gay? <laughs> Hermie! Come join me in this sleeping bag. Oh, no, Hermie that's Hermie doesn't like to celebrate Christmas. Hermie might be a Jew. Starbucks hates Jesus. 
And that is <laughs> the narrative that got created on Twitter. And yeah, you know, there's a million reasons. It's to almost not, like one fucking crazy. It's one. Guy. It literally was and one guy that started. Crazy questions and like, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, where is that? And I'm so angry, and I'm not right. going to drink Starbucks oh, I'm anymore. So mad. So it's like, what is that? So that's like four cups you're not going to buy during the Christmas season. Right. You know, like how many? I they don't, don't go out there. That's that not people who go every day. People who go every day aren't you know going to give it. A, they could they Basic could start they could start having like penis shaped cups, and dudes are like, yeah, it's still. I still need Starbucks, so yeah. it's all right. And some of, some, some of us would be like, ooh, penis shaped cups. Yeah, all right, great. That sounds better. Never mind. Whatever. It's cool. But the whole thing was so ridiculous. But uh, I feel like I put an end to it. I don't know if you saw my, my tweet in my I Instagram. I believe I'm favorite it is. Uh, I, just, uh, I just put it out there, and uh, it'll be the, uh, the picture that accompanies this podcast so everyone will see it. I just summed it all up with the spirit of the season, with the greeting that we should all give each other. Happy Life Day, Chewy. Yeah. Happy Life Day. That's what the season's all about. And uh, I got some, uh, got, got some, got some pub off that. Some RTs, some favorites, some people using it on Facebook and things like that. Nice. Um, Heather and I know someone that actually works for Bad Robot. So on oh, really? on his post that it was only you know last week that they finally like locked. The Force Awakens episode seven, like it was done. It, yeah. it was only it was mid November that they were done. They're know, always they, tinkering. People, yeah, no, people think that like, oh, maybe I'm gonna get a screener of it. No, you're not. Maybe first it's of all, they first, have that guy there. Yeah. It was like, okay, real quick. <laughs> oh, the, the guy who <laughs> should smart be working to have him. on Supergirl. Yeah, yeah like, and he made everything. Quick, just, yeah, let's just some two let's just yeah, let's, there's no rush. Now it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, and uh, so I put it on uh, on his his uh, post about the movie being finished. I just uh-huh. gave him the image of Happy Life Day 2 and he liked it. There you go. That's all he needed. So really, that's what it comes down Basically, to. Basically, J.J. Abrams liked it. I, kind of. Is what that J, By the way, if J.J. Abrams remakes the Christmas special, the holiday special, the Ooh. Life Day special, that's, that's what gonna, episode 8's going to be. I hope. All <laughs> Look, about we can Life only Day. hope. Look, all about Lumpy and all those Bob, guys. Boba Fett will be in it and so will Jefferson Starship. Which, oh. if we were in the studio, we built a city. That Boba Fett is like... That Boba so Fett cartoon is kind of sweet. Heavy metal, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, wow, it really does look like heavy metal. Have we talked about that before? That not. it's like that I had style only just it. recently seen heavy metal for the first time. And when I was watching, I was like, this is like a 90-minute version of that Boba Fett cartoon except with boobs. A lot of boobs. Lot and of John boobs. Candy. And John Candy. And amazing music. And, yeah. you know, heavy metal was this movie that was legend. Wait for it, Derry. Right. It was legendary, and you could only get it on bootlegs because they just – didn't clear all that music in it. And it oh. took forever to clear the music. Okay. And so you could only get, you know, I don't know, somebody like made a Betamax dub off of film. I don't right. even know how you did that, right. but you did it somehow. And um, I remember seeing my brother bought it at a, like a convention or something, you know, the same way that I got the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Yeah. The real. Probably one. the second best Fantastic Four movie if ever. If they made. released a crystal clear like blu-ray version of the roger corman i, I would buy it, it without question i wouldn't want to watch it though i would demand that's that as a special feature there be a vhs <laughs> yeah that's true i want the i want the the tracking the to roll up in it's the middle yeah ter- it has to be no you're absolutely right yeah. but i would want to own an official release of it is what i was saying but yeah i <laughs> wouldn't want Salinger, it to be re- uh, captain america i wouldn't want that mr president <laughs> thanks but there was a to be fair there was a good version of that released on vhs of captain america yes yes it, it was called. It, it was called the first Avenger, and it was released in two thousand seven, <laughs> or whatever year that. I think that's when that was. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I actually lost track of what I was talking about. So Happy Life Day. 
Happy Life Day, everybody. Mm-hmm. But that reminded me that uh, we might we might have to come up with a with a movie to live tweet because uh, holiday we, season. yeah for the holiday season. I don't I don't have an answer yet because you used to do Die Hard. Yeah, I, and, and I can't we did do, Star Wars last year. Yeah, I mean Die Hard Two comes to mind immediately. I, I don't know if that's the, the right answer. A good, Lethal Weapons, a Christmas movie. Jingle All the Way. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, but I'm like, is it worth it? I wish that there was a Christmas Terminator movie. You know, because right. I guess technically that's Jingle All that the Way. Kind of jingle all yeah, way. that's yeah. fair. Put that cookie down. <laughs> <laughs> Put that cookie down if you want to live. We did Robo. Well, that wasn't the holiday. No, the Robocop one was was probably my favorite because I love that movie so much. <laughs> I just movie. to get I like had an excuse to watch Robocop in a room full of people and people were tweeting about it. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, I really would. Bitches, leave. <sighs> He's so great. He's great. Fantastic. Fucking red from that section. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a party. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so we have to come up with something. I don't have an answer right now. I don't know okay. what it is. So tweet us at BlackCast or like... Santa Claus Against the Martian. Oh, no. No, there's a Riff Tracks and Mr. Science Theater have done those. Uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. That was great. Uh, Riff Tracks have uh, Santa Claus versus the Ice Cream Bunny coming up uh, in oh. December. I want to see is... the one where he's like against Satan. I missed that one last oh, that Oh, that one's great. That, that one's good? just called Santa Claus. Yeah. you. I don't know if the Riff Tracks version available but the mystery science theater version is and they're both good yeah oh no they're both uh, how many great. of the guys from riff tracks are in mystery science theater? depends on when the episodes they're are. all three involved the time. three guys from riff tracks are the era of mystery science theater that aired on the sci-fi channel okay two of the three are for about a hundred episodes or 97 episodes i think and uh the the guy Mike he was like involved in Mystery Science Theater uh, as a writer and a, a sometimes performer when the original host Joel was still there and they're doing a Kickstarter um, which as we speak probably is far enough along yeah. that they're doing at least a few new episodes with a new host and new voices for the robots and I'm very excited at the idea that there's going to be more Mystery Science Theater 3000 I am not excited about kickstarters and i've thought about doing them and this is the one that i've felt pretty close to like oh i wouldn't mind getting some of the freebies and stuff and uh my wife did one for me uh for zach braff's movie uh wish you were here i Uh think is what it was called yeah and you know the movie we saw on our first date was uh, garden state so there's like there's a like an obvious connection to that i got a cool t-shirt i got some good stuff uh so I indirectly supported that one, and I have no problem supporting a movie. You know, I mean, in his, I think he was very specific. It was like, yeah, I need a lot of money to get the rights for the music that I want to use, and you know, the studio won't pay for it. I think that's what it was. Uh-huh. This one, you're like, well, we can't make the show without it, and it costs millions of dollars. Right. I'm excited about it. Have you? But have you ever thought about doing a Kickstarter? And I don't mean. Starting your own Kickstarter, but I mean contributing to one, or have you? I've even, contributed to some. What are, what are some like friends? Have Most had recently, them? I I think it was the Kickstarter Indiegogo. It was a Nosferatu remix starring Mr. Doug Jones. Okay, who's sort of become an internet friend of mine. Yeah, that's cool. You see, there's there's a connection. Um, Those, yeah, I haven't had like really personal connections to people that have done the friends projects. Yeah, like I had a friend who did one where he it was a friend of a friend. He biked across the country and he filmed it. You know, he went from I forget where he went now, but it was across the whole country. I think he went up to Alaska, wow. and um, 
he reached the goal. So then I was like, well, I, I know I could still contribute, but now he's got the goal. So what do I need to contribute for? So that was one I thought about. But uh, so, yeah, I never have. And uh, so you've just done it for like people you kind of know. Yeah. Um, I, I can see wanting to do there, this mystery science theater one is one of the first ones where I felt like oh, I kind of really want this end product. There haven't been a lot where I'm like, I'm going to be really disappointed if they don't make a Veronica Mars movie. I've never watched the show. What I never seen the show either. Yeah, yeah, it might be great. I'm not even saying it isn't. Yeah, uh, Kristen Bell's great and stuff I've seen her in. But yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't need it. There've been very few things. I guess there's things that have come back as reboots. You know. Would I would I kick in like fifty bucks if they needed a Kickstarter to do the the X Files remake for Fox? Yeah, it might have. Uh, it would have been one that I'd you know if Episode Seven was only going to happen with a Kickstarter, I definitely would have. Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even thinking twice. I would like. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone crazy, but right. I'm like, oh, they need my help. Here's you know? bucks. Yeah, Han and Chewie, Lumpy, Itchy, Art Carney. <laughs> B. Arthur, all need my help. Uh, <laughs> I would kick in some money to help them. Damn it! But anyway, fighting the frizzies. Fighting the frizzies. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the mystery science theater one, very excited about. But uh, at, at press time, as we say, I have still not contributed. But uh, I hope there are more episodes because together. Are you familiar with that show? Yeah. Have you seen it? As a kid, I watched a couple. Yeah, my brother was a big fan. He's seven years older than me, so yeah, so I absorbed a lot. Yeah, of your brother. I'm still older than your brother, but he's closer to my age. And yeah, and it was like. It was mostly about the the terrible movies that yeah. they would make jokes during. The concept, but the like, changed my life when I saw it as a kid. Yeah, it made me start doing that with my friends when we watch movies. When you would watch Gamera, yeah. Well, any movies, I would just start making jokes. Yeah, and like that was all around a time like when I first understood what stand up comedy was. Like I, that's when I started like putting together like I can say shit and people will laugh. So I'm not saying, like, my jokes were solid, but as a kid, I would, like, not talk in the theater, but if we were watching movies and people were scared, like, scary movies and stuff, or movies that were, like, not good at, like, sleepovers yeah. and stuff, I would just, like, make jokes. And people were like, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> they would say it like just that. Just like that. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, no, and oh. it, it had a huge impact on my sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, Mystery Science Theater and Dennis Miller, because both of them would make jokes that are really obscure mm -hmm. and you have it's like a it's like a tonnage issue there's so many jokes you can throw in a couple that are really obscure but those obscure ones you're like oh my god was that joke just for me right you're like no one gets that except right, me right you know and now with the proliferation of the internet you can realize like okay a few oh, people did get that there's a million. but you know watching it on tv in 1991 right. 1992 i'm just like oh my god I, this show is amazing yeah. and uh it was really important to me and it was such a it, it was so funny uh and i i love the idea of there being more and i like the idea that they'll have it with like a new cast and stuff and you know the Rift Tracks guys do the Rift Tracks stuff, and you know Joel won't even host this new show; he's just going to produce it. So uh, I'm excited because any opportunity that subpar movies are taken and made fun of, I'm I'm completely on board. It's true, and uh, I, I hope I hope to see a lot of it. What do you think, America? <laughs> Tweet us at Blackcast. B l a d t c a s t. Like Reagan. What do you think, America? You know. The thing about Reagan, by the way, is I have uh, fallen a little bit behind on uh, on Fargo, oh. and I know that Reagan shows up from commercials, he and does. I knew they were building to it, and I've seen just enough of him talking. I'm like, oh, I really want to see those episodes, but that's a show that I watch with Heather, without Felix in the room. You know, you know, you know about 
Reagan in the show, right? Who the is actor it a surprise? is? Yeah. Did I, they give it away in the advertising? I don't know if they do. You can say who it is. It's all right. Who's the actor who plays Reagan in it? I don't want to say it. You can say it. It's Bruce right. Campbell. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I the, didn't know that, actually. In the casting, like, leading up to the show, he had been talked... They said Bruce Campbell's casting the show as, like, an up-and-coming politician. They never said, said that, that he, he was, was Reagan. Reagan. Oh, but that's they amazing. they talked that the show took place during yeah. Reagan, oh, that yeah, era. And so then I mean, the first episode, up, like, on the set waiting for Reagan was amazing, by the, the way. Yeah, the way they play it is, like, they don't even... In, even in the episode, he's, like, making a speech, and they don't even, like talk about Reagan until like it's interesting how they do it yeah no no but what I want to say about the episodes that I have seen even that part notwithstanding uh, I just think it's great I love the first season and the concern was like well True Detective season 2 was like garbage not even hot garbage it was like ice cold garbage it was like the worst garbage ever so they're like well I don't know if Fargo's tried but it's so good it's so well cast I, I was talking to my wife we like paused it to talk about how Kirsten Dunst was cast perfectly uh-huh. because she's a little older now. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's Mary a Jane Watson, homespun, but yeah. it's perfect for the character that she plays on the show. That she's a little older and she's like got desperate and married this guy that she clearly doesn't love. Right, you know. But it, you know, in a very like you know Minnesota kind of way, they'll pro- probably she was if, like the hot girl in high school. Yeah, but then and then he like always had a crush on her, but then you know. Whatever happened, she didn't settle down, and then you realize, like, oh, I should settle down. Oh, this guy will take care of me. Works at the butcher shop, you know. Right. He earns an honest living. And um, you know, there was a a reference in the first episode of uh, Fargo to uh, having uh, tater tots and a hamburger helper, and I know that was supposed to be like a joke, and we were supposed to laugh. But I heard that, and I was like, God, oh, that sounds so good right now. I'd love to have hamburger helper yeah. and tater tots. That sounds amazing. Uh, the show is so well done. It's so well cast. Patrick Wilson, Ted Danson. Uh, old Ted Danson is amazing. I loved young Ted Danson on right. uh, Cheers, Three Men and a Baby. He was great. But like old grizzled Ted Danson is this whole CSI other guy. Yeah, CSI Ted He's Danson. He's still on CSI? He's on CSI Cyber now. Oh. Because CSI ended. So then they just... Oh, the regular CSI? Re- regular CSI uh, wrapped up. I didn't know that. Yeah, they drew a chalk outline around it. <laughs> but uh, he's on CSI Cyber now. Okay. With Clark Dennett Patrick. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue. I don't think she's there, but I think uh, I think Medium is there, whichever Arquette that is. Patricia Arquette. Yeah, That's Patricia. David Arquette. David Arquette is the medium. <laughs> no, the David medium. Arquette is Sherlock David Holmes. Arquette. I Did know, you know that? I laugh at I those can't believe I'm I didn't like, go to that. I cannot imagine a world. I was so excited it was coming, but then I was like, I can't, I can't spend money to go see no, David Arquette as no, Sherlock Holmes. But I really wanted to. I did too. I was like, I wanted to see it. You know what? We should have gone. They had like a group on for it. We, did we, they really? Yeah. We you squandered that opportunity. I did. I know. It was. Uh, I didn't even know. I was, I was busy Felixing at the time. I don't know, but I think the show is conceptually. Writing wise, casting wise, it's, it's very close to perfect, and it's very easy to do perfect. Not very easy, but it's easy to do perfect on a limited run series that you get like ten episodes, right? And you can kind of plan for a whole year. But I still, you know, look, True Detective didn't do it, so it, you, it can go wrong. So that's the most impressive thing on TV right now for me. Okay, Hannibal's over. And, you know, it yeah, wow. got off to such an awful start. Yeah. But anyway, this is the thing. Uh, what do you think? I know that you're a fan of, of uh, uh, Fargo. Fargo. Um, yeah, I really liked Fargo when it first started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, well, you betcha. The, the first season was really good. And, but it was one of those things where because it was like this ensemble cast and a kind of limited thing, I was like, okay. So when they were like, well, season two's coming, I was like, mm, I don't know. 
know if I need it. Not that season one wasn't so great. But yeah, it was but like, you're like, so why are you going back to like, the... It's, yeah. it's like, there it's are... It's like, why are you making a show out of this great movie? And there's times that there's sequels where you're like, oh, I really like the first one, but I don't... Uh, yeah. Like, why is there a horrible bosses too? Right. You know? Yeah. Why is there another The hangover? first one is like Citizen Kane. Why would you make horrible bosses too? The Dude, first one's so perfect. The first one... I love that Horrible Bosses is your example of well, because really, I really rec- great first ones. Because I really recently saw one. the second, and I was going to use The Hangover a as a... As a, oh, as a, a yeah. The Hangover was great. It yeah. was a perfect comedy. Right. Hangover 2 and 3 were very far removed from perfect. Right. But anyway, so, um, so when so, they made well, the show... And then they said uh, season 2 is going to take place in a different time period, and it was going to be about... The future! Yeah, well, Lou Salverson, her dad, and I was like, that's interesting, but yeah. I don't know. And don't then they're like, Patrick Wilson's cast is in, and I was like, I'm in. Yeah. I have a big boner for Patrick Wilson. Do you really? Uh, not that I'm... From, from Hard Candy with Alan Page? Oh, yeah, where he gets uh, his balls cut off. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert! Kitty Pride, why did you cut off his, his balls? <laughs> well, because uh, he's no, a dirty child monster. I love... Patrick Wilson, like just as an actor, he's he's I great. Think he's really good. And I've seen him be great in so many things. And he's, he's so underrated too. That, absolutely underrated. Um, I agree. He's so good at doing what is actually difficult. I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to play the most believable everyman. Like who's like sometimes like struggling or tormented but still like the nice likable everyman like that's actually like not that easy to do. it's sometimes easier to go like fucking crazy yeah and play like a nutso kind of part than it is to like really believable straight man so i i i've always liked him and all that kind of stuff and some of the quirky things he's done too so then i was like boom i'm in and that's and all you I watched needed. the pilot that was all you're like it's great yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, having I, everybody else in it doesn't hurt. Yeah, there's there's great casting, really even casting. even down to the, the guy the guy who had the notice? stroke. Oh yeah, because he's uh, Colonel Ty from Battlestar Galactica, which I know you didn't like. Oh, I uh, yeah. doesn't even care about that. Oh, I'm no. just like, oh, good for him because it's a great part where he just has to kind of look and have a droopy side. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, good for him. Yeah, that's a, that's a check. It is a check. That's a great check. That's a great check. Love that check. Uh, yeah, so uh, I would say anybody who hasn't seen Fargo, uh, you should. It's it's a little violent, but there's way worse. I was going to say, in comparison to some of the Oh, other there's movies. a lot more violence on the TV, eh? There is. That was a little bit more uh, Bob violent. and Doug McKenzie when I threw the A on the end, but that's <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, we didn't get to it uh, the last time you and I were together uh, talking, but uh, I wanted you to talk about the Evil Dead TV show oh, because yeah. you mentioned Bruce Campbell. And I have not seen it. I do not have stars. Um, I uh, have just haven't seen it, but I know you have. Yes. And this was something we referenced in a previous episode where someone tweeted at you, but they actually tweeted at Will Sterling. At old Will Sterling. At your nemesis. Yes. Uh, and they wanted to know what you thought about it. So we're getting to that now uh, mm-hmm. because you also, at the time, hadn't seen it. But uh-huh. now you have. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't. I don't know. There's there's much you can give away, really. But uh, just talk about it in, in general, if you like, and uh, how you feel about the show. And did it make the transition from big screen to small screen in a competent way? Uh, I think so. I think when you look at Sam Raimi's sensibilities, him and Bruce Campbell and all those guys were always big Three Stooges fans. So it was inevitable that the humor was going to come into Evil Dead at some point. There was a right. little bit of it in the in the original one, but in the second one, it was like fucking crazy. I actually, Evil Dead 2, even though it seems sacrilegious, is my least favorite of the three Evil Dead movies. Interesting. And it's most people's number one favorite. Um, 
because it it was like still really really horror but also still really really fucking goofy that by the time they got to army of darkness that's the one that i fell in love with as a kid because that's where they had taken all of duke nukem's lines for the video game and i didn't know that this was a thing and my brother goes there's this movie on sci-fi channel right now it's got all the lines that duke nukem says like give me some sugar baby right hail to the king and all that stuff and we were like what so we like looked in the tv guide found the next you know because i would show it 10 different times yeah they they only had a few shows right and we were like, this is the best movie in the whole fucking world because it's just so have to, funny. We just have to wait for four reruns of The Incredible Hulk and one Galactica 1980, and then it'll be on. Well, we uh, we went to the video store because we found out that it was rated R, so we wanted to, my brother was like, well, oh. let's watch the real version. Yeah. And even then, it's like a very soft R. That's a soft R. Army of Darkness, big time. I yeah. think it's because Bruce Samuel says fuck one time. But it's very non-bloody. And, and you used to get an R rating for that. Yeah. Like one fuck. And now I think if it might be three. Okay. Like you, if you use it. How maybe ridiculous. It might even, it might even can't be say fuck three it might times, even be but two. we can show people like boning and well, being murdered. I'm all right with I'm all right with boning. But no, it, it's true. The, the standards have changed a little bit. Uh, and of course. The, the children. The children. The children. But what about. The children. Well, there was also a time, this was before I Made Darkness, but there was a point where your rating system went PG to R, and there wasn't PG-13. Right. Wasn't Top Gun the one that originally... During my lifetime, I thought it's either Dune or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And... More Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Kid's heart does get ripped out of his chest. Exactly, and you're like, yeah, I think they need PG-13 for that because you're like PG. You're like PG. Isn't Spy Kids PG? It's probably G, but it's not the point. You know, you're like, yeah, I I think that that's. But it's not really an R movie, Indiana Jones. You know, that's part fucked me up as a kid though. Yeah, that, and we've talked about it. That's still. Of the three real Indiana Jones movies, that's still my least favorite, like, far and away. I think it's most people's. Yeah. There's always somebody. Some people really like it, but for people, the most part, I for think the, most the part, consensus. Yeah, for the most part, it's got to be Raiders, Last Crusade, then Temple of Doom, then every episode Young. of Young Indiana Jones, <laughs> then the Indiana Jones comics that oh. uh, Marvel did. And I think there might have even been an animated Indiana Jones. Then, then anything- the animated RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then finally, then, nuke the fridge. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Yeah, but right. I, uh, we're getting off to, uh, way Evil off Dead, topic. Evil Dead. It, it's fun. It's good. It's like it's you know it's over the top. It's crazy. So there's a lot of that slapsticky three Stooges stuff like that. That's in. It's more like Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness than it is like Evil Dead. Obviously, it's not going to be kind of serious. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, and it's what's fun is that it's not an hour show. It's a half hour show. Oh, that helps. Yeah. That's so interesting. The, I, I would have just have assumed like it was... 40 episodes, but the second episode's 40 minutes. like... 30, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, 40 minutes. But the second episode's like 30. Okay. So it's, No commercials? Is that how stars works? I yeah, don't even know. Okay. No commercials. Okay. All right. I think that that... Uh, well, it sounds good. And uh, budgetary concerns. Do you feel like because it's for TV, they cut some corners? There's a couple of shots where, like, as I watched it with some friends, um, I, I, I went, they could have just not shown that. Yeah. They had like a big violent thing or like a CG thing where I was like, you could have just cut someone's face and like splashed blood on yep. them. Like you didn't need, need to that show. shot. You didn't need that shot because most of it looks fine. Um, and it's and I think some of the backdrops are green screen on purpose, and so they're a little stagey on purpose because it's supposed to look right. goofy and like fake. But it because even the Evil Dead movies look like that. Like the 
cabin that's just sat and you know in some of the right. painted backgrounds and stuff. But there are shots where there's like people dying or like zombie the the not zombies uh, the deadites the deadites. Yes, my well, I got after Nicole for saying that. She said it's like a she described it to a friend. She's like a zombie thing, and I said uh, no. It's and then you said. Excuse me? They're possessed. Over here? They're yeah. They're possessed. They're actually not zombies. By a demon. Um, yeah. So, no. the Because the, this reminds me, you know, we recently talked about Supergirl. There were a couple of, oh, this is TV, and I don't believe that she's holding that airplane up and things like that. Actually, that was in the Who pilot. said that? Me. She's Supergirl. She can do whatever no, she wants. It didn't look like it. Oh, I see. Yeah. I obviously, she's Supergirl. I was like, no, physically. You're she can't of course, she that? can do it. Okay. It's not because she's a girl. She's from Krypton, goddammit. Obviously, everyone from Krypton is apparently Superman when they come to Earth. Uh, yeah. Which. Uh, Except a, Mort. <laughs> Mort. <laughs> I can't even push a shopping cart. <laughs> it's so hard for me, Christian. But. Uh, there were there were a couple shots in I think the second episode of Supergirl, not in the pilot because they clearly spent way too much money on the pilot. But they, they had do. the Krypton blow up. You're like, what? Yeah, he didn't need that. Why did we? Why see did that? you spend the money on Krypton blowing up? Just cut to black and play yeah. a sound effect. Right, exactly. You or know, just steal from or it can be like versions. it can be young Kira Kara. What's her name? Kara. Kara. Yeah, young Kara's like face, like horrified yeah. as she sees her right. homeworld. That's also, huge dramatic moment. Even though it's a Superman thing, I don't. Don't need them to cut back to Krypton ever in memories. Yeah, because I was like, one, it looks like shit. Yep. Two, it's always like, Kara, remember that when you grow up, you'll be a hero. I'm like, yeah. don't do that. Don't ever we do that. Fucking know that that's what's going <laughs> yeah, to happen. Exactly. Again, where's the guy? Excuse me. I like. I like what you guys are doing here. Yeah, but... You could save $3 million. You could sa- easily save $3 million. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what you run into sometimes with show. TV. It's and, you know, up. especially sci-fi. You run into a lot of things where, you know, I mean, perfect example. The original, obviously not that great, the 70s Battlestar Galactica didn't get canceled because people didn't watch it. Is because ABC couldn't afford it. Right. It was like they would reuse special effects and stuff like that. From like by the end of the se- the first season, which is the only season really, they were reusing sequences from earlier episodes because they're like, well, we we can't do that again right. because there's everything was models. It, it was a whole thing. So now you know you can do more. You can do a lot more. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like well, it's still expensive. Right. So you have to take some time out of it. You know, and yeah. it's like it, it helps when you don't see stuff. Right. You know. And I think that shows that don't show as much are are smarter, you know. The X-Files, the original run of the X-Files is a perfect example. You never really saw the monsters, which is scarier. Mm -hmm. It's also cheaper. Yes, it is. It's so dark. Yeah. You know, you're like, I don't know what's going on. This This is poorly lit right and it's creepy right and it works yeah it's also almost free you know? <laughs> so let's do that you know what uh, your monster budget was nothing nothing <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that was that was just uh that, you felt like you saw it yeah <laughs> that was just a couple guys from from the grip department yeah. that we leads. did yeah just just move them uh, we're gonna show your eyes you'll get <laughs> you know you'll get a sag waiver because Ooh, you know we showed your eyes yeah. But, but yeah well you know so yeah and i think that one of the budgetary challenge things that 
I don't know, eight, I was going to say nine times out of ten. Eight times out of ten, they figure out how to make it look okay is uh, the current season of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Where there's things this year that were like, okay, that's pretty expensive to try and right. have that many Zygons. Right. But at the same time, they are able to figure out when it's like, okay, we well, don't, you don't need to really see that. Uh, I told this to Nicole when we were watching the Zygons episode. I said, they got two of those suits. Yeah, they literally had to. They only ever show them in twos. And they do show groups of them, but it's very mm. clear that it's... Oh, it's two there are. ...layered of the same two guys. Yeah, it's, a, it's the there same two guys. only... I bet you a million bucks yeah. they had two suits. And there well, was always just two did together. They, I, did we ever see more than two of them where they probably just, you know... No, you can not grab in the, the same image. room. Oh, they're in the, it, uh, when they did, that's what I'm saying. They, like, layered them. I think that... So it was like they've the definitely done that guys. with Cybermen, where they layer yeah. the... You know, there's, there's like, maybe, like, eight Cybermen. Like eight. Okay, four. Yeah. There's probably four Cybermen. What? You know, and you know, Daleks. There's just the one. Right. There, there's just the one. That no, I think being... they got a fuck ton of those. Yeah, I, just yeah, I know. Yeah, there's like three. But uh, in general, it doesn't suffer because they figure out some ways to cut. Co- and it's the BBC, and they don't spend a lot. Well, of money. that's why Doctor Who, in its origin, at its origins, is great because they were like they didn't let like bad effects stand in their way from telling complicated stories, but they were also like fuck it, like yeah, we'll just. I don't know, not do that. Or we'll just do it, and if it looks shitty, who gives a shit? Yeah, which, you know, I, I've uh, tweeted about this. I watched a, a, a handful of uh, Tom Baker episodes that aired on Sci-Fi Channel. They do this on Sunday mornings. They'll show some yeah. Tom Baker, like a like one On BBC America, they do that. On BBC America. Brunch with Bra- Baker. Brunch with, Brunch with Baker, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw some of them, and the effects don't bother me as much as... They were so fucking complicated. I'm, I like some of the stories it. are really fucking. Like I, I, I wrote to our friend Mark Hunt, yeah. aka Rafe Gutman, and I'm like, so I watched the uh, Keeper of Trocken. The fuck was that about? <laughs> and like, and then like a lot of those are like, and then Logopolis or whatever it was. Uh, I was yeah. so confused during it. I'm like, I'm not even quite sure why he had to die. And regenerate as Peter Davidson. I'm like, I guess he had to hold on to a wire that I, I'm not quite sure why he had to. Because he didn't did look a, like he was that high up. They did. You know, there was a yeah. lot of stuff where I'm just like, okay, I'm not sure I get what's happening. And there maybe was, that's why I didn't like it when I was a kid. Yeah. Because, like, Star Trek had bad effects, but I got it. Right. And there was some, you know, it was some high... I guess I got it, like, at face value. Right. I don't think I got the, you know, the race of people where half of them are white on the left side and black on the right side and right. the other half are black on the left side. You know, but, you know, I guess I didn't get the, the, the lesson I was supposed to take away. But I understood what was happening. And I was just... I'm, I'm almost 40... And I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, Adric's really fucking annoying. Mm, that's why he dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, I know he does. Um, and uh, That was a vote, too. That was like a Jason Todd thing. Oh, really? People voted? I think it, like, it was should he live vote, or should he die? It was either a vote or like a fan out. Somehow fan. But yeah, it was, it was people who were like, fucking kill him. And they well, did. you probably only have him there because you want like kids to be like, oh, look, he's a kid right. traveling with the doctor. And Great. That's died. like me. And then he died. But even for me, like, I, even though I was like, tried to be super invested, there were times where there was this like big, long, overarching season story or two season story called like the key of time. And like everything was connected. But like, I didn't understand that until like halfway through. And I was like looking it up on Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, these are all part of a 
overarching yeah. oh, no. thing. So the ones that I watched were only four parts, you know, edited right. together for two hours. I still had to read about it. I'm like, well, yeah. what, what was that? It's what was going on? No, it wasn't. And I'm just like, I guess people are, I guess it's like a, it's a badge of courage. And like, well, I, I, I watched it. I understood it. Like, did you really understand it? Yeah. Because I, I didn't. It's much more Like, you understood it like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I don't get it. Yeah. But I, I get it. I get what Peter Capaldi's up to now. I get you know it. what they've had this season a couple times? Great speeches by Peter Capaldi. Oh, yeah. Some really, like, amazingly well-written, you know, like, I'm the doctor and I do this. But then just about, like, big concepts like war. Right. Like in the Zygon inversion, the yeah. second part. You're just like, this is great stuff. Yeah. What? Who who wrote last season that, like, these people are now involved, but Bunch they clearly idiots. weren't last year? Right. The guy in the back of the room was not there last season. He was not there. But this year he's like, hello, Gov. Yeah. Uh, Gov, go, a question for you, which Gov gives me our last thing that we have to talk about in a moment, okay. by the way. Yeah. Which you know because I said Gov is involved. Yeah. But anyway, so what were you going to say? You were about to say something about the it. people who chime in. and Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that the first, what, eight episodes were all two-part episodes. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, that was good. I liked the individual stories. I like that you're just like, oh, we're going to tell these over over two hours, which is, you know, like the old ones where they were told over four half hours or whatever. But uh, I thought, uh, I think that they've been good. I think there was one that I wasn't crazy about. The, the, the girl who died, the electric eels, I was like, all right, that's great that he speaks, baby, but um, electric eels. Uh, they do a lot of weird things with what the doctor can speak. Yeah. I, I don't know, and I'm sure somebody can correct me. Rafe. Yeah, in history, Rafe has to know Hill, the answer he's to talked to horses and stuff. But Matt Smith would do a lot of that. He talked to, like, horses and weird animals, and, like, now I guess Peter Capaldi can speak to babies. I'm okay with that. But the one thing I liked about the girl, is it the girl who died was the first part? The first part is the I girl I like who died. those two individually of each other, but they keep going, they keep making one, what could easily be one part, two parts. Yeah. So Zygon like, inversion had to be, or invade, that had to be two. I think it could have been one. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was pretty stretched for me. But, see, that was actually the most, like, uh... For me, this season, the yeah. first part of the Zygon thing, because it was just like it kept going. But the the girl who died and the girl who lived or whatever should have been separated by like the Zygon story, and then gone oh, back to Maisie. Wood. Yeah, or even ended, even if you could have, you know, who knows what her availability was? That's probably a concern. Right. But maybe you know, next season have the girl who well, lived, you know, or just something. Air that episode later. Yeah, because, that's true. Because, because you can film be like, them in oh, whatever order. Life, she's an immortal. Yeah. Next episode. Oh, it's her again. Yep. Here I like, am. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wait. But that episode yeah. was complete. well. That's one of those things that I know that that you like. There are there is that feeling it could be watched in different order than yeah. the broadcast. You right. Know? Right. Like we were talking about, you know, uh, Robot of Sherwood. You could pretty much just plop that down this season. Except I don't remember if Danny Pink gets mentioned, but it's not the point. You know, I don't think a good one. Can be just dropped in anywhere. Yeah, you know, right? Dinosaur on a spaceship, which yeah. you know, it's, it was another episode. I, I definitely liked like it. it but no, no, I definitely liked it, and you you purposefully uh, burned it on a DVD for me, or I mean, loaned me a DVD that you owned because That's you paid for it. That's right. Uh, and uh, I was like, no, I like it, and I forget. What, oh yeah, no, he really bothered me in that one. That was the one where I was like, I thought I liked Matt Smith, but he's really annoying. And then I watched more, and I'm like, okay, he doesn't always annoy me, but he annoyed me in that one. And I don't remember why. He a lot more. He too much he, caffeine he, in that one. Once Clara was introduced. 
he was super solemn. Yeah, Matt Smith. That's was. true. He was like a lot less whimsical, which is what I loved about Matt Smith. So then they're like, oh, he's not doing the Doctor, and I was like, it's fine, I guess. He seems really sad now. That Rory he was remembering the War Doctor. Yeah, that was that was clearly what was I going guess. on. Yeah. Oh, hey. You posted about. Oh, I did let you know this. this we haven't talked about finish. this. David Tennant doing a big finish with. So was John Hurt. Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Yeah, John yeah. Hurt's doing War Doctor stories. So this yeah, this is great. Yeah, and new Paul McGann stories coming. There's more Paul McGann. I don't have. I haven't heard any of these Paul McGann stories. It keeps on going. I know. I keep saying I'm going to keep. Put yeah, on keep saying. Drive. There's a lot of. There's a lot of talk. Not enough action. Um, anyway, uh, I know that uh, Agent Starling has places to be, and they're is one thing we have to talk about before yes. we let you go, which is Omakapa again. There's going to be a two-hour Luther special airing on BBC America, I think December 17th, so the day Star Wars comes out. But you know where I'll be on December 17th? I'll be watching Luther. Yes, yeah, so will I. Because I'm not seeing Star Wars <laughs> till Saturday. So, uh, and I'm very excited. I didn't even know that they had made it. That was the thing. It's not, not where I didn't I'm, know either when you I, tweeted it that. It wasn't like, I'm like, oh, okay, so that's going to air on the BBC and we'll get to see it eventually. You know, like when Sherlock airs and right. you're like, oh, I'll get to see it in like six months. But I, I didn't even know that they'd filmed it because they were like, oh, maybe we'll do a movie, like a prequel movie. Right. You know, but this is like after the third series oh. of the show. And it's, you know, it's modern day. It, it's it, it, technically it's a new season because, you know, they, they've had hours. three episodes. Three episodes. They've had three episode seasons. Yeah. So no just. But it's amazing. Whatever gets him out of retirement. Hey, I'm I'm all for it. I hope it, he goes, I'm getting too old for. Oh, that's Danny Glover. Oh, I'm getting too old for this shite. <laughs> that would be amazing. It would be no. awesome. I would but love it's like that. It's like, remember what that was like? Even I remember what that was like, like pre-internet. When you yeah. see a trailer for a movie, like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's coming out? Yeah. In like two months? I didn't even know. Right. And, and, and it's like a month away. I saw, I think Entertainment Weekly tweeted him like, wait, not only is there going to be a new Luther, they shot it. And it's, it's edited, and I know what day it's good. I know right. what day to set the DVR it's for. It's not two years from now. No, exactly. It's <laughs> Luther 2020. And then you see all the pictures online, and yeah. you know everything about it before it comes out. That's the best. That's why I've stopped reading a lot of stuff. No more slash film for you. No, I haven't been a slash film in many in like over, well over a month. I, I like to use them as a resource for the black cast because I keep you, up with you pointed it out to me via friends yeah. now on Facebook. So Joey Tribbiani. Yes, yeah. Ross, mm-hmm. Chandler, Bing, Rachel, yeah, 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 Rachel Green. Yes, I don't know the last name. I, I only know a few Phoebe of them. Phoebe Cates. <laughs> yes, Phoebe. <laughs> yes, Phoebe Cates. Is that your last name? Buffet. Oh. oh, oh. Uh, anyway, so how exciting is that? It's very exciting uh, because he's so great, and he'll be great as James Bond. Look, it's happening. Just it's better. He'll it's be, better. He'll be great as Luke Skywalker. Ooh. He'll be great as the Doctor. Yeah. He'll be great as Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, which there's the the Sherlock uh, that they're doing. I think it's not a Christmas. I think it's New Year's, but it's a throwback. You know, period piece. yeah, it's a like Victorian or right. whatever 19th century Sherlock yeah. with the modern day cast. But it's that that's going to air the same day on PBS, which BBC America figured out a long time ago with Doctor Who in particular yeah. that if you don't show it the same day or at least the next day. People will go online and find it, and then they won't watch it. So when PBS you, is when, like, yeah, PBS is like, oh yeah. So I guess we should probably just go ahead and air Are they it. Doing that, they're doing that. Good. Yeah, they didn't. They don't do it with Downton Abbey because I think they figure like, oh, people who watch the show don't know how to use the internet. So, but uh, they figure for Sherlock, they're like, okay, yeah, they probably know. Yes, and so it's gonna. I think it's gonna air 
on uh, on New Year's Day on PBS. Oh. Uh, so, and the the Doctor Who Christmas special. Will on be Day. on Christmas Day. Yeah. But my friend Brad, who was your one-time nemesis, whom you've now met. On Christmas Day. He, well, he lives in Australia. I know. And so it doesn't air on Christmas Day. Oh. It doesn't air till Boxing Day because they're a day ahead. Ooh, so that, But he can go see Creed on that day, though. No. On Boxing Cre- Day. Creed will have – yeah, he can, he can see it again. So he should wait. Yeah, yeah, he should wait. That's right. true. I would go see it on Boxing Day. Maybe that's when we should all go see it, Boxing Day. All right, thank you, Agent Starling. And now we move over to another friend of the Black Cast, our pal Kevin Scott on Twitter, I believe, Kaggy97. It's correct me if I'm wrong. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, thanks for having me back. Good to be back. Absolutely. Now, uh, I understand you uh, hit some traffic on the way home because uh, it was raining. Is, is, that, is that an issue there? Yeah, we have a lot of transplants here, so <laughs> they don't know how to drive in the rain, I think. But, uh, yeah, any, any day there's uh, stormy weather here, traffic is horrible, which I guess it's probably the same everywhere. Yeah, I mean, especially here in Los Angeles, because it, it almost never rains. So uh, when it does, uh, everybody is, is definitely in a panic. It's, it's like when we have a rare like winter event here. Everybody just loses their mind. and It's like, it's like the tempest of winters coming through or something. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I can, I can imagine. Well, I'm glad you're uh, home, safe, and sound, and ready to uh, join us back here on the Blackcast about a number of important things. Uh, starting with uh, one of the most important events of 2015, Scooby Doo and Kiss, a rock and roll mystery. Uh, I uh, watched this just recently with uh, my son Felix, and I, I'm not going to pretend that he really took all of it in, but uh, he was definitely staring at the screen, and uh, I've noticed he responds well to cartoons because they're they're bright and uh, kind of simple shapes and things. So he, he was enthralled for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I really enjoyed it. Of course, I bought it the day it came out because I'm a dork like that. With Kiss, just like other people are dorks like Star Wars and stuff. But yeah, uh, there's also another Kiss special, Scooby Doo special, it was a Halloween special, and, and it, it was good, really good. But I really, I really think yeah, Rock and Roll Mystery was a lot better. Just a really, really fun cartoon for both kids and adults. What was the other special? I wasn't even. It was it? Did it come out around the same time, or is it uh, something from years ago? Yeah, it came out. Um, let's see. I believe it came out in early two thousands, maybe around two thousand two. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's a Scooby Doo Kiss Halloween special. And really, the only real voice is Paul's voice. The other guys are just, I guess, voice actors. And uh, I mean, it's really good. It's uh, it's about uh, Kiss playing this town that's famous for their Halloween celebrations and. You know, the gang finds a mystery to solve, of course. It's really cool. They do shout it out loud. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I liked this one. I liked that uh, there's a lot of uh, full songs I- included in the special, and also the fact that those uh, the songs seem to be re-recorded versions of them. It's probably so that they you know don't have to license the original recordings from the record company or something, and just sort of license it from themselves as the songwriter. I'm sure there's a business reason for why they did that because they do very little Kiss uh, that isn't motivated. By by business reasons. Yeah, I noticed that the songs seem 
like they've been, they been updated, but they fit the movie, so I was fine with it. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I definitely agree. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the show itself. Uh, I uh, I don't know when it happened, but I love that uh, since Casey Kasem is no longer with us, I love that Matthew Lilliard is the voice of Shaggy since he was yeah. the live-action Shaggy in the, the couple of movies that they did. Yeah, I've, I've actually managed to watch one of the live-action Scooby movies. I told myself I never would. Actually, it was actually really funny. So, I, yeah, I'm glad he. I'm glad he's picking up. Yeah, he left off. and yeah. and I, I'm glad that uh, he's smart enough to realize he's not too big to be the voice of Shaggy in cartoons. I mean, if Casey, it's a good gig. It'll, it'll last for a while if he stays with it. Yeah, I mean, if you think of how long Casey, if you, yeah, if you think of how long Casey Kasem did it, uh, I think uh, Matthew's gonna have a little while, and. Uh, couldn't believe that Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life is Velma now. And uh, I, I guess uh, Frank Welker, the voice of Fred, now also does Scooby. I was a little put off because I found Scooby too easy to understand. I always liked it when it was a little bit more vague. I'm like, oh, he's basically just talking now. Yeah, I think, I, you know, Frank Welker, he's been doing it for 40-some-odd years. And I'm, I imagine it's a little harder for him to do that voice than it was back in the 70s. But yeah. Still, yeah. Doing both of those characters. Now, uh, of any of the uh, the guest voices in the show, uh, did any of them stand out, or did you not realize who some of them were until you saw the credits? I, I had read about it, and I uh, I recognized the show, and like Doc McGee, I recognized his voice for whatever reason. And it's been a couple months since I watched it. Um, yeah, I, I recognize some of the other voices. I forget. Do you name off a couple? Yeah, uh, the one that I recognized right away was Kevin Smith and uh, his buddy Jason Muse. They were the the guys testing out the ride pretty early in the special. Oh yeah, yeah. Those, okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, Gary Marshall was the guy who ran the park, and Penny Marshall was the voice of the elder, which is one of the things I, I'll reference in a, in a minute about some of the references to Kiss songs that I liked that they made. Yeah, that was uh, Penny Marshall was one of the other ones that I recognized. She has a very distinctive voice, if you can tell. No, what I did what I didn't recognize was Darius Rucker, aka Hootie, as the voice of Destroyer. I, I did not know that that was him, but uh, he, I'm gonna just assume he must be a fan because I don't understand any other reason why he would have ended up in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he was a fan. <laughs> but yeah, I, I forget he was in it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so about the uh, show in and of itself, I kind of I, th- I think it's really smart as as Kiss always are from a business standpoint that you refer to the characters as Star Child, Demon, Spaceman, and Catman instead of their names. You got to proliferate that brand for a new generation, you know, and you can kind of ensure that there'll always be somebody representing those those four characters. And it does, you know don't get attached to the people. You know, it's like they say about any kind of sports team is you're basically you're, you're rooting for laundry. Don't get too attached to the people. You know, you just just uh, root for the brand of Kiss, I guess. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I hope that they do keep it going. But of course, I've been there since the beginning, so I'm always going to be an original four fan, come what may. But I told people it really doesn't matter to me. I just like that they're still going out there and that I could 
take my son to see him and he loves them. And, you know, that's that's what's important to me. That's, that's more important to me than going around and bitching about Ace and Peter not being in the band, this, that, and the other, or calling Gene just in it for the money, blah, 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 blah. You know, when you take your kid to see it and your kid loves it, yeah, I, I hope they keep it going for a little bit longer so I can I can take Felix. I mean, I uh, took my wife to, I guess, three shows last year and then the acoustic show this summer, which was like mere days before Felix was born. It was a uh, that was on a Thursday and he was born on a Sunday. So that was, you know, cutting it a little close. Uh, we, you know, if he'd been a girl, his name probably would have had to have been Shandy. Yeah, those acoustic shows are great. They play crazy stuff at them that you don't expect. You know, I know that on the Kiss Cruises, they'll go out of their way to play some obscure stuff. You know, they've done like a medley from The Elder and stuff like that. But uh, those acoustic shows, it's great. And uh, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, people talk a lot about Paul's voice these days. It's very well suited for an acoustic show. And, you know, I went to the this Soul Station concert that he did uh, over the summer. And uh, his voice was great for the, I guess it was September, but it was great for these old, blue, you know, blues and, uh, and, and like soul dance songs. I, I guess they're really, I guess they're soul songs since it's called Soul Station. You know, there's a very specific range where his voice is best now. And it's just, you know, it's not the yeah. opening. It's not the opening notes of Heaven's on Fire. Like, that's not where it lives right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would imagine that, you know, the softer stuff is, is easier for him to hit, too. Now you don't have to pull up an entire arena of people with your voice. So... Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Anyway, back to uh, to the the rock and roll mystery. Uh, I like that they were able to have a sense of humor about themselves and the constant jokes about Kiss merchandise and the the little graphics that would come up that uh, were available. I, I thought that that was very funny. You know, the the Kiss toilet, the Kiss flashlight, and you know all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really funny. Oh yeah, that was that was absolutely perfect. I loved every single one of those, and it was Doc McGee pushing it. That was awesome. That yeah. Was- yeah, I love that. I, I, that was what I was going to say. Is I love that that character's name. I forget. I love that he was Doc. Uh, but uh, it's. It, I hope that uh, our pal Rob Lorich has watched this at some point. Just because if there's anyone who loves new Kiss products and jokes about Kiss products, it's him. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, he's he's a single guy. He's got time to watch it. He has no excuse. Either that or he's a single guy, no kids, and he feels a little weirded out being in the store by himself and uh, buying Kiss Meets Scooby-Doo. Because the copy that I have, uh, Agent Starling gave it to Felix as a gift, so he could be like, well, I was buying it for a baby. And uh, I don't think he's seen it. I'll have to ask him the next time I see him because it's not like it was opened. Like, if I'd bought it for him, I would have watched it first. But uh, he's he's classier than I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and uh, one of the things that, uh, of course, I found the funniest is uh, the we don't hear that much of you about a minute or a minute and a half. The recording by the Ascot Five, uh, "Don't Touch My Ascot," which of course is the guys from Kiss doing this, you know, ridiculous sort of doo-wop song, uh, mentioning, you know, referencing an Ascot because Fred from the Scooby Doo Gang has always had an Ascot, and inexplicably yeah. in the twenty first century he still has one but i like that you know it's the kind of sense of humor about the product of scooby-doo too that uh i think it's great and uh it was kind of funny to hear them sing that song don't you think Yo, yeah that was great i loved it i um we played it back a few times and my son had a had a fun time trying to mouth the words and he was dancing to it so <laughs> yeah I, the first time i heard it i was like that is awesome that they put something like that in there yeah because <laughs> yeah you're right it's, it's like they just they, they're it's total tongue-in-cheek and they're like you know what let's just have fun with it let's do a song like this and have fun yeah, no, exactly. So uh, I also liked there were uh, a few references, uh, character names. Uh, some of them even had uh, last names. You have a character named Shandy Strutter. You have one named Delilah Domino. And then there's a random characters named Christine and Beth. So I'm like, all right, this is this is all great, especially that there was a girl named Shandy. I mean, that, that if that was the only one they did, I still would have been happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that they put in those little things like that, kind of acknowledging the old fans, you know, kind of like, yeah, we, we get that you're watching this too, so. Yeah, and the major plot point revolving around a black diamond, and as we reference, Penny Marshall is the voice of the Elder, so, uh, you know, I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, it's fun. You know, obviously, it's got to be more fun for, for kids on some level. But, uh, you know, it definitely takes me back to many Scooby-Doo mysteries that I watched in my day, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's not uh, anything entirely new. Uh, you, you know, there's something very comfortable about any kind of Scooby-Doo mystery. And uh, so... I strongly recommend, uh, you know, mostly for KISS fans, but uh, even if you have a kid and, you know, they maybe they'll dance around a little bit. But uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it seems like you enjoyed it too. Uh, remind our listeners, Kevin, how old is your son? He's five and a half. Actually, he is going to be six in January, so okay. a little older. Yeah, no, no, so that's great, though. That, that's a perfect age to to enjoy this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, there's there's nothing objectionable uh, in it. You know, there's uh, you hear the music from Love Gun, but none of the lyrics, you know. So nothing that you're like, hey, what is this about? You know? Like, he just thinks that he doesn't have a clue what it's Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't. Uh, I guess if they had included Lick It Up, it could have been about uh, Shaggy and Scooby uh, having ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm thankful that that's the band I discovered when I was a little kid because I wouldn't be able to do the same thing with like Slayer or Cannibal Corpse or something with my friend. That, just, that wouldn't work. <laughs> now, if you want to give them nightmares, you can take them to a Gwar concert. Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, another thing that uh, I've been wanting to talk to you about for months now is uh, there was this CD that came out uh, earlier this year, Rock and Roll All Night, a tribute to Kiss. And I found out about it because, uh, well, Friends of the Black Hats, I guess, uh, Kissed Alive, they're the one tribute band included on it. And uh, there's a, a lot, I, I don't, apart from them, I don't know who any of these musicians are. But uh, for the most part, I thought that they, first of all, there were a cool selection of songs. And uh, I thought that they sounded pretty good. I especially like the idea of having girls sing some of the songs. Like I was made for loving you, a band named Last Pharaoh. That's those are uh, women singing rock and roll all night. Leaving Eden. Those those are women singing. And uh, you know, there's a couple things that you might not expect to see on a Kiss tribute CD, like uh, Charisma, uh, Unholy. And uh, I was really impressed that somebody decided to take on Heller Hallelujah, which is from the most recent al- album Monster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I, rec- I recognize one name on there, Ron Keel. Do you remember him from the '80s? I think uh, Gene either discovered him, produced his album, either or both. I, he was really the only name I recognized on there. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed. Uh, I think my favorite one. I made some notes on this. I think my favorite one was. I really liked Kiss the Lives version of Deuce. It was just really it was a fast, heavy, and just punched you in the gut kind of kind of song. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I was made for love. Not I was made for. I want you was a really, really good cover. I mean, they just they added an extra pair of balls to that one. That, that one was one that I listened to over again. So. Yeah, the the one that I didn't love was uh, Creatures of the Night by a band named Willow Wisp because it's. Uh, it's a little, you know, it, it comes really close to what uh, some people refer to as uh, growl rock. You know, really heavy bands kind of growl all the lyrics. It didn't quite get there, but I'm like, well, this is, I like the idea of giving it a different approach and making it a heavier song. But then I was like, yeah, but uh, it's it's a little loud for me in my in my older age. Yeah, I, I, I like some of those bands that play music like that, but... I and that's the one that I noted that I really did not like. It started out really cool. Yeah. I mean, it started out good, and then it's like all of a sudden somebody was, was forgot how to count time, and they just they were playing in different <laughs> different BPMs, and and then it was just a blast beat schizophrenic mess after that. Yeah. <laughs> the song at all. Yeah, no, and... Uh, that song, that song just, it just doesn't lend itself to that style of music. I mean, I admire him for trying. Maybe keep that one in the rehearsals, guys. <laughs> but, uh, no, that song, you gotta pound that one. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And uh, I, I, like I said, I do like when people do covers where they sound different. Like the, the version of Forever by somebody named Richard Kendrick. I love that song. It's great. It didn't sound that different than the original, you know, so... I was like, all right, well, I don't know what you would have done differently, but, uh, you know, try and put your own spin on it. But at the same time, Creatures of the Night, that, well, that's too much spin. Yeah, that was, it just didn't, the style just didn't fit. Speaking of, uh, there's another tribute 
I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Gods of Thunder. It's the Norwegian tribute to Kiss. And it has a really cool version of Crazy Nights on it. It's just a guy singing along with a piano. Well, that's cool. It's a really cool. interesting take on the song. Well, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Crazy Nights because I want to move on to that. But the CD we were talking about uh, now was uh, Rock and Roll Night, a tribute to Kiss. And it's, uh, well, I guess it's put out by Versailles Records. I was lucky enough to get a copy of it from uh, our friends at Kissed Alive, who uh, Jason Lee Beckwith, the Catman, was on the Black Cast earlier this year. And, you know, you're not going to recognize a lot of the names, but it's some cool, different, interesting versions. It's it's worth a download or a purchase or, or what have you. And, uh, you know, I was listening to it with uh, Felix in the room uh, earlier today just to remind myself of what I like the most of it. And uh, it, it was not the first Kiss CD he's heard, though. First of all, of course, he's heard the uh, Rock and Roll Mystery Scooby-Doo versions. But uh, I have uh, there's a great series of CDs that uh, I've got from various people as gifts. The Rockabye Baby lullaby renditions of Kiss. Were you aware of this, Kevin? No, but I made my son a CD. I call it the Rock and Rollabies. Songs for rock. I call it songs for rock in the cradle, and I put like '80s stuff on it. And so that's very cool. I, I had never heard of that series. I figured it was out there. Yeah, I just went ahead and made my own when my son was born. Well, that's yeah, cool. You should. Yeah, you should. You should post. Uh, you should post the track listing for your version of it so that people can see. I don't know. Maybe post it on Facebook or something, and we yeah, can we can put it out there on the Blackcast page. Pretty good job. Yeah. So, but these Rockabye Babies are actual lullaby arrangements of like Shout It Out Loud Rock and Roll All Night Come On and Love Me you know there's no lyrics so uh, but uh, you know I've been known to sing along uh, for Felix's sake so so that you know and, and there's a few other ones I've got I got a Rolling Stones one that somebody gave me uh, I got a couple other ones too it's, I don't know it's kind of a fun approach because it's baby friendly music but if you know the songs like I do you hear them and you're like oh that's kind of fun so something for cool. yeah any any new parents out there you want to maybe get something that isn't I, I don't know whatever the wiggles are of this day and age whatever the teletubbies are and i don't even know what the what the kids like but i'm sure i'm about to find out very soon yeah i was gonna say you will find out yeah uh anyway you uh, referenced uh, the song crazy crazy nights and i think you were involved in a conversation on twitter about this uh, i recently re-listened to crazy nights because they were talking about it on the great kiss podcast three sides of the coin and i was like i haven't heard it in years i may have not even heard the whole album in the 21st century so i listened to it again and i forgot how much i liked most of those songs except for reason to live uh, and and look I love 80s kiss ballads like forever I think is a great song like I said and I I guess it's a 90s ballad every time I look at you I think is great but there's just something about reason to live that it sounds like it's either it's like a b-side for the band Europe or it could be like Peter Cetera's Chicago like it would fit right in on the Chicago 19 album if it was right after like look away but uh I might be in the minority on that because I guess uh, Reason to Live turns up on a lot of collections from that era. But uh, what are you, your thoughts on that album, just the Crazy Nights album as a whole? Kind of an unsung hero, the discography, no? I've, yeah, I've always liked Crazy Nights, and I don't understand why some people say it's one of their worst albums. It's a very pop, 